This is Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? Hey, welcome to Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? I'm Molly Stillman, and this is a podcast where I get to sit down with a different guest each week and have raw, funny, often brutally honest conversations about the things that matter most, faith, business, life, and everything in between, where we each learn how to be good stewards of the things we've been entrusted with, even our stories, and how we can use those things to serve others and leave our families, our friendships, and our communities a little better than we found them. I want to create a space where people are unafraid to be themselves and unafraid to ask the questions the rest of us are thinking. My goal is to make you laugh, cry, and laugh till you cry. My guest this week is Ruth Chow Simons. She is a Wall Street Journal bestselling and award-winning author of several books and Bible studies, including Pilgrim, Grace Laced, Beholding and Becoming, and When Strivings Cease. She is an artist, entrepreneur, podcaster, and speaker using each of her platforms to spiritually sow the word of God into people's hearts. Through social media, her online shop at gracelaced.com and the Grace Laced Collective Community, Simon shares her journey of God's grace intersecting daily life with word and art. Ruth and her husband, Troy, are grateful parents to six boys, their greatest adventure. Her newest book is called Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. It comes out in a couple of months, and I was able to preview it. And let me tell you, this book is incredible. I was so honored to have Ruth on the show today. I have been a longtime fan of her work. Her book, Grace Laced, we talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the conversation, was a huge huge impact on my life. And I just think the world of her, her art is beautiful. And I love the way that she uses her skills and her talents to glorify God and to build up the church and to build up others. You are going to love this conversation. I could have talked to her all day long. I realize I say that a lot sometimes, but I'm telling you, this is going to go in the, I'm mean, like the best of episodes that I've ever done. I just love her so much. So without further ado, on to my chat with Ruth Chow Simons. I am so honored and excited to have uh, the incredible Ruth Chow Simons on the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, and it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I just want to, before we even have you give us the Ruth 101, um, I just want to share, because I I'm one of those people that like, I feel like you just need to tell people the impact that they've had on your life. I think that's really uh, important. And um, I I just want to say on a personal note, your book, Grace Laced, which I know has just, you know, it's, it was a New York Times bestseller. Like everybody has talked about. It. It's beautiful. It was I still, actually not a New York Times it bestseller. Wasn't? But it wasn't? I totally no, thought it, it was. No, but it won a bunch of awards and stuff. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I think it should be a New York Times bestseller. Well, there you Ruth. Go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it it was a book that got me through probably one of the hardest times of mm. my life. Um, the year that I lost two boys in pregnancy within a, a wow. five, six month period. Um, wow. And somebody had gifted it to me um, mm-hmm. after we lost our first son. And I started going through it and I was still going through it when we lost our second son. Mm-hmm. And it was a balm to my soul at a time that I, and I don't say that lightly or anything like that. It's, and it's, so anytime I, I meet somebody who is 
even I mean, it's and it's not like a book really about sadness. I want it's just like about you know what's really interesting. I love that you just shared that with me yeah. because Molly, I was bawling and going through the hardest time of my life when I started writing the book. Wow. So I wrote the very things you start reading about resting in God's character in the season is winter because yeah. I had to get that right in my heart before I could even move on. Yeah. I had to start with like, oh, man. okay, it feels like winter. It feels bitter, cold, mm-hmm. and it feels like nothing is blooming and growing right. And that's when you have to remember who God is before you can get to all the stuff of like, now I can grow, I'm loved and I'm free and how I can mm-hmm. respond. And so when you think about Grace Laced and why we start in winter, it's because I, as an author, was going through a very, it wasn't that kind of loss. It wasn't a uh, physical loss like that, but it was a it was a loss of a dream. It was a yeah. loss of something we had worked really hard on and mm-hmm. cared about. And it was loss of some people and relationships in our lives. And mm-hmm. it was a very, very painful time that I couldn't talk about on the internet. Yeah. And so I poured myself in understanding how God could still be good and kind in the winter season of my life. So mm-hmm. I want you to know wow. that you didn't just feel that randomly, that the Lord was connecting hearts and seasons, even though I didn't know what was going on in your life and you didn't know what was going on in mine, but we get to do that as sisters in Christ, where right. when we are of the same heart and spirit in the Lord and the same family of God, then what I'm learning as I walk with the Lord can ultimately serve you and vice versa, you know? No, oh, that's so good. And that's such a, I mean, I, I love hearing that. Like I get like my, uh, my friend, Mike on our worship team, he calls them glory bumps. Like I got, yep, I I get, you know, glory bumps. He goes, Oh, that gave me glory bumps. Um, so because yeah, it's, it's, those aren't accidents. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's so funny because it's not, you know, it's, it's really, it's going through the seasons obviously, but I wouldn't even categorize it as a book that's like about sadness, but it just was yeah. such a gift at a time that I really needed it. And I, I love hearing that that's where you were writing it from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a book now that anytime I know someone that is really going through something, I gift them a copy mm-hmm. of it. And I just go, Go through Thank it you. as quickly or as slow as you need to. Um, like it took me probably seven months from start to finish where I was really going through it because um, mm. I wanted to just just pause and I really answered the little like I filled the whole you know the little questions out and um yeah anyway I just so I just on a personal note I just want to say thank you for doing that and um and thank you for your work and so like I said I'm just so excited to have you today so with all that being said uh give us the Ruth 101 so we know you're an author but you're also an artist tell us uh who you are what you do and how you got to where you are I am Ruth Jo Simons, an author, artist, and founder of GraceLace.com. And if you're not familiar with GraceLace, it started off as a blog 15, almost 16 years ago, where I was literally just a just a woman who was trying to write about God's grace in the places that I couldn't quite tell whether God's grace was active in my <laughs> life or not. Yeah. And that sometimes looked like being a pastor's wife that didn't know what I was doing. And we were starting a lot of new things at the time. I was home a lot, um, raising my six baby boys. Um, I So in the same decade, Molly, we, and you maybe you already know this about me, but we had six boys, started a school and started a church all in the same decade. And it just was a lot. That's a lot. And, that's a lot. Uh, that's I'm a tired lot. thinking and, I mean, about the blog, it. Yeah. And the blog started in that season too. <laughs> and as you know, if you're in ministry, that sometimes that comes with just all the mess of that, right? Trusting the Lord in it, growing things, relational mess, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Not to mention 
being somebody, and I think all all women, all sisters in Christ understand when you feel like you're made for all these different things that you're interested in and you have giftings, but you kind of can't see how God's going to use them mm. or you don't know when you're supposed to use them. And you kind of feel like you have all these other boring things that you have to do in life and <laughs> you're not sure how you're ever going to use your giftings. Well, that was the season. And so 15 years ago, I started a blog called Grace Laced, Finding Grace in the Everyday. And it was really about, it was really for me just to really verbalize and consider how God is still God and God's grace is shaping me in the everyday mundane of life. And then 10 years um, ago, so a a couple of years in when my um, youngest was born, I started a little business called Grace Laced and the blog basically morphed into an e-commerce shop. And it should not sound that fancy to say it right off the bat because it was really just me learning how to make prints at Kinko's. Um, <laughs> and that 10 years later has grown into what you see today at gracelace.com, which um, we're still a small but mighty team, but the impact has been really lovely. God has allowed us to share beautiful and truth-filled products around the world, um, everything from journals to prints and canvases getting to use my artwork in a way that would ultimately honor Christ and help people linger long in looking at the word and saying, oh, that truth matters today. And so um, I've gotten to do that for the last 10 years, also while publishing and um, getting to write some wonderful books. And so I'm super grateful um, that I've gotten to lead a team of women because I live with seven guys. <laughs> My husband and I have been married for almost 25 years. This That's summer awesome. will be congratulations. Um, I think when this airs, we'll be heading out of the country for a um, a special celebratory trip. And, awesome. um, and we've raised six boys together and um, our six boys are ages 10 to 21. Wow. So we are in that um, sending you know, young men off to grad school, signing first leases. I mean, he's all on his own doing that stuff to, you know, writing papers and doing math with a 10 year old. And so, um, yeah, it's been such a wonderful journey and we live in Western Colorado where, so just, you know, it's not on the Denver side we're kind of in the wild. Um, and I'm in the mountains, I'm looking out right now as we're speaking and, um, I'm at 8,000 foot elevation, which is beautiful in the summer and, snow packed in the winter. So that's a little bit of my life. Wow. Okay. I, well, it's funny because we have a friend who just moved out to Colorado and I, okay. Are you one of those people who, and maybe some people listening are like, I totally do this where you look up a town on a Google maps or something, Mm -hmm. and then you just start zooming out. And then 25 minutes later, you realize you're like, where's the Mariana trench? Like you just start, like you go down a rabbit hole of maps. I don't know. I'm that person. If you're not that person, that's okay. Um, That's funny. But so our friend moved to Colorado. And so I was looking at on the map, like where, because I've been to Colorado a couple of times, but it's not like off the top of my head, I'm like, I know the geography of Colorado very well. And so as I was looking, I was like, wow, it's like everything is basically Denver and then north and south of Denver. And then and then there's like nothing. It's just we're like forgotten on the other side of the mountains. (laughs) But it's actually, I think, the prettier side personally. (laughs) But um, we have we're in a there's ski towns other than Aspen and Vale and stuff. And so we're in a ski town as well. But it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful area where there's a lot of rafting and mountain biking and that's awesome. and all sorts of mountain things that 
you end up doing when you are a mom of six boys. Yeah. And so yeah, you do all the outside stuff. Um, yes. Well, I love it. I, I know that that area of the, I love especially flying over that area of the country. I just will always get a window seat and I just stare forever. And I just like, this is amazing. Um, Okay. So one thing you said in your introduction that really stuck out to me that you, and I I'm paraphrasing, but basically you were talking about how, you know, using your unique giftings for the building up of the kingdom and for for the glory of God. And I think that's such an interesting thing, especially as somebody who you are, you know, obviously an incredibly talented artist. Your artwork is beautiful. Your calligraphy is beautiful. Um, And you also are an incredibly talented writer. Were those things that you always loved to do, like from a really early age, were you writing and painting and coloring? At what point did you realize, oh, I think I'm really good at this? I mean, how did that evolve for you? Yeah, I love that question. So I think I've always known that I'm creative because if I can't even play to plate of food without wanting to make it a little pretty. (laughs) Or I remember when we had zero money and we were newly married and I was putting together cardboard boxes and covering them with fabric so that I could create like an entertainment console out of cardboard boxes and fabric. Like that's that's when you know you're a little creative and you artsy and you want to do, but I've always been somebody who sketches and draws and ultimately, um, if you read my story in my book, When Striving Cease, I talk about how I was a pre-med biochem major and ended up <gasps> basically my last year of college going, no, I think I'm going to do fine art. And yeah. so that was the first time I actually took any art classes. But all along, I knew I was kind of artsy and I was artistic and loved to draw, loved to paint. Um But, you know, I think the thing is most women I meet, I think we tend to think that somebody else who's using their giftings and living into all this, like, wow, look at the way she's using her gifts. We always think that they've always been good at something Mm -hmm. or that they are just like magically more talented than anyone else. And the truth is, I think I've always been artsy, but the truth is, Molly, everything takes practice. And so um, I don't think I was always a strong writer. I was not always, and I don't, I still think I have a lot of room to grow, you know? And I always love to say, and I don't, this is truly not feigned humility. This is not me being like, oh, I'm just going to pretend, you know, that I'm not great. But the truth is I'm not the most talented watercolorist or artist there is. I just have chosen to use it in a specific, I've chosen to use my brush and my paints in a very specific way Mm. that has, has met a need in the Mm. body of Christ, right? So I think a lot of times we need to remember that it's not always the most talented. It's that you just need to be creative about thinking about how you will use your unique giftings, even if they're not the best or the most, you know, I'm not the most skilled, the most artistic. I've never been formally trained in watercolor, but I'm using those giftings in a way that I see I need. And sometimes that will speak to people in a way that you don't anticipate. That's a roundabout way for me to just say it took time. It took a long time mm. for me to practice day by day and not, I've, I've joked before that in that season where I grew a lot in that, I, d- I didn't watch TV. I did not keep up with any of the popular shows that everybody my age was watching at that yeah. time. I didn't go and do a lot of stuff like that. And I didn't surf on Facebook all the time. I just practiced a lot. And so I think anyone can grow a skill, but do pay attention to what God's gifted you with, what, what you lean towards, what makes you delighted, what causes you to go, ah, you know, some people are just like, 
I see color everywhere I go. I want color. I, I look at your background, Molly, and I'm like, she likes color. There's some color going on back there, <laughs> yes. you know, but that doesn't mean that you have to like be professionally involved in that, but whatever you're doing that brings joy in life and helps you express the things that you love and care about, listen to that a little bit, lean in and see how you can use that particular point of view. I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but I saw, I love me some Bob Ross. Who doesn't love some Bob <laughs> Ross? But there was, some, I saw a clip that somebody had shared of Bob Ross and somebody mm -hmm. had said something to Bob and he was commenting on it and he was talking about, you know, people will say, well, Bob, I can't, I can't paint a straight line like that or something. And again, I'm butchering this quote, but this I'm paraphrasing yeah. it. But he was basically like, I can only do this because I've practiced a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you can do it too, if you practice a yeah, lot. And, absolutely. and we live in a microwave culture of just, we expect, oh, well, I'm going to pick up this new hobby. And I, yeah. I'm going to just be good at it. And it's like, that's not really how it works. Um, yeah. I, so I, ca I cannot paint. I'm saying this full disclosure, cannot paint, cannot draw. I can draw a stick person with hair. That is just not my, that is, that is not my mm -hmm. gifting. Sure. Um, but I love music. I love, um, I'm a creative just in a different way. Mm -hmm. And um, at the beginning of this year, um, so I've, I've sung for years. I mean, I was singing and theater was always a huge passion of mine. And I sing on our worship team. And at the beginning of the year, I just finally said, you know what, who says I'm too old to learn how to play the guitar? Like, why, I love why can't I do that? I've yeah. never played the guitar in my entire life. And, um, but my husband plays the guitar and my best friend, um, who is, uh, you know, she's actually about to turn 40, but she, she learned how to play the guitar last year. And I was like, okay, well she can do it. Like I can, I can learn how to do this. And so I just, in January, I picked up the guitar and I just started, it was the first month was so hard. My fingers hurt oh, yeah. so badly. If you've never played sure. the guitar, you just you don't know that you have to build up calluses. And that requires a lot of pain. Like my fingers would just there was I remember there was a time probably two or three weeks into playing where I had this almost numb sensation in the tips of my fingers where it felt mm -hmm. like I had like my fingers had fallen asleep. And oh I was goodness. like, did I permanently yes. like nerve damage my <laughs> fingers? And all my guitar playing oh, friends man. were like, nope, you have to just push through. Like, this is what you have to do. Yeah. If you want to play guitar, you have to push through that stage. And eventually, like now I'm at the point where the tips of my fingers are like rock hard. Um, oh, but, you know, my goal was by the end of 2023 to be able to play on our worship team, like coherently, not mm -hmm. to be the best guitarist or anything like that. Um, but it, it took me four months. I played on our worship team uh, I love that. on a Sunday morning for the first time at the end of March. And it's become this it's huge. Yeah. And it, but you know Congrats. what I mean? Somebody That's was like, awesome. wow, that was really fast. And I was like, I, pre I practiced a lot. Like I would yeah. play for sometimes hours a day. Like I wasn't watching TV and I was right, after right. the kids went to bed, my husband and I would play guitar. That's what we would do. Yeah, um, and it's, that. I am not the best. I am never going to be the best. I'm not going to be, you know, John Mayer or anybody like that. Or Dave Matthews. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I can play on our worship team and I love it. And, um, I've been able to actually serve and, and help and fill a, a hole, but it's also, I was telling my friend, like it's awakened this creativity in me and this, this almost this connection to God that I would not have expected 
if I hadn't I have just that. taken the challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell For that sure. story just because I, I think that's like what you said is it just it speaks to finding the thing that just you that God has planted really uniquely in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. And if it's something that just lights you up and that's there for a purpose, right? So important. Yes, absolutely. And I think we need to free ourselves from thinking that we have to be good at something from day one in order for it to be delightful or for it to be used to the Lord. If we want to serve God with something, it could very much be that we have to just practice it right. over and over, right? Over and, and over. Um, and practice is a good reminder always. So. Yeah. And yeah. I think that too speaks to almost any habit you're trying to build. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I did a podcast interview yesterday. I think by the time this airs, it, it will have been the last episode. So y'all can go listen to it. Um, but I did an interview with um, Ines Franklin. And she one of the things that she said was she had really been praying for God to give her a grateful heart. Mm. And she'd put a sticky note on her bathroom mirror. And so every single morning she prayed, God, give me a grateful heart. God, give me a grateful heart. Mm. She's like, it probably took nine months before I really started to feel a change. She was like, where I just knew that I had had this kind of hard heartedness. And it took nine months of praying that prayer every single day. And I, so I think that that's such a great lesson of whether it is a skill you want to develop, a a prayer, a spiritual practice or a habit, you have to do it. Just reading your Bible, right? Right. Because I think sometimes we think that there are some spiritually robust people who just naturally lean into God's word and spend three hours there magically soaking up so much. (laughs) And for the rest of us, we're like, why is it hard for me? Well, it's hard. I think it takes practice and diligence to learn even the practice and the rhythm of quieting your heart to read God's word, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also it speaks to what you were saying is about, again, how you uniquely used your gift. You're not the best watercolorist. Is that the word? Watercolorist? Yeah, it is. That's a hard word. Um, The best watercolorist that there is, but that you found a way to use it in a way that serves. And um, my my life first is 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you have received Mm -hmm. a gift and you're Mm -hmm. to use that gift to serve others as a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. And so whatever... I think it's such an important encouragement that whatever gifting you have received, whether that is a creative gift like art or music, or um, I always crack up that my my friend Abby, who is an Enneagram six, and you know, not she's not in a creative field field at all. She's a bookkeeper and an accountant, and mm-hmm. I'm like, God gave you the gift of spreadsheets and numbers because that <laughs> is where my soul goes to right. die but you yeah. are good at it and you really enjoy it. And I'm Don't like, you that, love those people. Yes. I'm so grateful for those people. We need those people. Yes. We need the people who are good with the spreadsheets. And, and um, I'm in the process of writing my first book. And I told my editor um, while I was going through one of the editing process, I'm like, I'm so thankful for you because this part of writing, I hate, mm-hmm. I hate editing. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. I don't yeah. like it. It's not fun. <laughs> I just want to do the other stuff. I just want to write the manuscript. That part was fun. Editing it is not my jam. And so I'm like, I'm so glad that you exist, that God gave you this this gifting and ability. We need, we need them. We, we need for them. For sure, we need those editors. We need them. So I want to transition a little bit to talk about your newest book, 
Pilgrim. And I am so excited about it. It's called Pilgrim 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. Tell us about this book. What is this book about? Why did you write it? What is your heart behind this this book? Yeah, I I have the privilege of getting to write full color art, you know, laden devotional style books, as well as what's considered a trade book where there's it's not primarily art related. So right. I have both books out in the world, but Pilgrim is one of those journeys that's so dear to my heart. It's like some of my others, like Grace Laced or Beholding Becoming or Emmanuel. They're shorter readings, but kind of still kind of long for a devotional, but it's meant to help you meditate and think on a concept for a long time. And this particular one is about, it's 25, um, not just attributes of God, but they're God's character shown through biblical truths and attributes. And then ultimately how those aspects of God's character really are our guide. Like that's actually guides us day by day on our journeys. And so it's called pilgrim because the word pilgrim basically points to the fact that this is not our home. Like mm-hmm. this is not our long-term destination. We're actually headed to be with Christ forever. Like this is not our home. We're passing through. If we feel odd here, if we feel like life is hard, if we feel like our paths are windy, if we feel like it just takes a lot of effort to climb and sometimes we're in valleys, then that's because it really is. It's not our home and we're constantly just passing through in that way. And so in this journey in Pilgrim, um, it's probably the biggest, both in format and in, um, in the amount of artwork, it's the biggest devotional journey I've really created. And I wanted it to be so full of robust images of landscapes and florals and different scenery, because I think all of us are on a Pilgrim journey. We're mm-hmm. all trying to navigate what it is to walk with Jesus when life is disappointing, when life is exciting, when we don't know what's around the bend, when we kind of go, how did I end up here? This is not what I expected. And in each of those circumstances, God's character, like who he is, whether he is loving and whether he is merciful and his omniscience, his attributes of his sovereignty, right? His, his character of like really why he's trustworthy, because those are all the reasons why we can trust him you and I need to remember those things because what's tempting is when we're on our journeys to be like, okay, now I think I need to go figure out how to get myself out of this pickle. But really what we need to know is, is God trustworthy here? Mm. Is he sovereign? Is he good? And so the, the fun little twist in this book is that I, if you've read my books, you'll know that I've always had a soft spot for hymns. Um, And I think it's because I, I even love modern hymns. I love hymns by the Gettys and City of Light. But I think hymns are somewhat forgotten. And a lot of times we forget how the lyrics of hymn writers were always to remind us the truths from scripture, the truths of our our walk with Jesus. Like we need to remember why God is trustworthy. And so when you sing and hum the, the hymn lyrics, it actually reminds you of those truths. And so the fun twist in this book is that I actually paired each of the 25 attributes of God with 25 hymns mm. that illustrate those. And so I hope it, um, well, you don't have to be a hymn lover to enjoy the book, but I think I love and I hope I love that if hymns are not familiar to you, and especially if they are, but if they're not familiar to you, I hope that they become a soundtrack for your life so that as you're journeying, you realize, oh, this is what's true about God. Mm. I don't need to fear 
This is absolutely true. And you would remember those words that were so well pinned by saints and followers of Christ before us who had difficult journeys as well. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, is there a Spotify playlist that like, does that go yes. along with the book? Yes. Well, I, we we're going to post about it. We didn't yes. include it because we didn't really want a QR code that in 10, 15 years may not make sense, you know? And so, right. but we're going to share about it. And so yes, yeah, stay tuned because that we do have a Spotify playlist for it. It's so awesome. I love it. I, I can't wait. Um, well, and then I just it. have to make a shameless plug, but I, my launch party for the book is going to happen September. I don't have my calendar in front of me. I'm pretty sure it's, it's already, it's already announced on social media, but September 22nd, I believe on Saturday night in Dallas. And I've got Jen Wilkin and Jada Edwards as my guests for Pilgrim Stories. We're going to have a conversation about how God's character has met us in different parts of our pilgrim journeys. And then Aaron Williams from um, Shane and Shane's um, <gasps> worship initiative. They are, I mean, he's coming to lead us in him worship. Oh and my so, God. It's super exciting. So if you're into that, like I just road trip, somebody come yes. and enjoy it. So um, it's some of my favorite people all coming together to say, we love God's character. We love hymns and we're going to talk about it and it's going to be fun and funny. And Jada and Jen are some of my favorite people. And so who knows what's going to happen when you get the three of us on stage. So. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Mark your calendars now. If you're in and around yeah. the Dallas area, are you trying to fly or road trip in? I'm, I might fly uh, because I also just love Texas in general. I would love for you to come. Um, that would be amazing. Well, I just love this book and love this concept because I, I you're right. We are all... You know, where I identify so much with the Israelites wandering in the wilderness yeah. for 40 years. There's so much for about sure. their journey that I, you know, I, I relate to. And and there was, you know, just one thing in general that you said about, you know, we need to remember these things. We need to remember God's attributes and God's character when we are in the wilderness. And mm -hmm. I remember I was talking with somebody, I don't know, a couple months ago about this, about you know, going to great lengths to remember God and what does that look like? And um, I was curious. And so I had Googled at the time, like how many times does the the word remember or do not forget appear so in the good, Bible? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like over 1200 times that God yes. is like, remember, don't forget. Yes. Remember, don't forget. Yes. And because we are so quick to forget and there's mm -hmm. just... Literally, as we know, over a thousand times in the Bible where they forget or they don't remember and, you know, of, of what God has promised them or what God has done for them. And so they try to take things into their own hands. And, um, you know, and I always like, especially to when we are on our own pilgrim journey and when we're on our own you know, time in the wilderness, whether it's a, a good time in the wilderness or a really hard time in the wilderness, I always go back to why. Why, why is this happening? And, and we all naturally ask that question, God, why? And I love reading about the, the Israelites when God takes them into the wilderness, because, you know, when, when he takes them from out of Egypt, like he, if you look on a map of where they were going from and where they were going to, like, there was this very short route. It was like, what, it was like 10 or 11 day walk, but he takes them the complete opposite direction, essentially yeah. this roundabout way. And then to the Red Sea, 
And then he has to divide it. And then he lets him like wander in the wilderness. He takes them this just like this way that doesn't make any sense at all for 40 years in what could have been a 10 or 11 day journey. And so I often, I love to just marinate on that of like, why Mm -hmm. would God do that? And it's like, well, he did that because he he had to sh- he had to, and he had to show them who he was, who he was to them, all those kinds of things, and um, and so that is something that we all relate to when we have that that weird path, and we just are going, God, why, yeah. or you know, why are you taking me here? And what you need, what you and I both need, when we're whether we're in the wilderness or we're kind of like climbing this trek that we're going, uh, my feet feel tired and I just don't want to do this anymore. What we really need in that moment is not somebody just to give us a Mm -hmm. a rope and be like, okay, here's the easy way out of this. We need to know where we're going and who is actually leading the way. Mm -hmm. And so that's why when I thought about this journey kind of situation for a devotional, what really mattered to me was this thought of like, we actually need to know what God intends for us to understand about himself and about what he's designed for us because of his character throughout our journey. So this is me getting a little nerdy to say this, but I love it. Bring it on. I was wanting, I was aiming for a book that would be like almost like a systematic theology book Bring for the gal who's love literally it. walking through Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Nobody gets, I mean, maybe your audience is like, what in the world? But hopefully for some, they're like, yeah, I know what that is. And usually a systematic theology book looks like a big, huge, giant seminary textbook. And I thought, well, why can't we look at our lives and understand why sanctification matters, why God's omniscience matters, why his mercy matters? Like, why do those things actually matter? Do we just talk about them in Christianese or do they actually make a difference on our walks with God? And so Mm -hmm. that's what this devotional seeks to do. I have a hard time using the word devotional because the goal isn't for you to read it in two minutes and move on with your life. The goal is actually to take each one of these concepts and to really go deep with them in an intimate way with the Lord day by day. Oh, so good. I love it. Bring on the systematic theology. Um, I love to nerd out on that stuff. And but you again, you do it in such an approachable and beautiful way that the woman who's walking through Hobby Lobby can pick that up and and not and even that's my hope and my goal is that love in it. so many ways. I've always been like, it's not like, you know how sometimes mom's great carrots or veggies inside a brownie. And yeah. then like, you know, I make, I, we got a lot of zucchini popping in the garden. I'm making some zucchini muffins. I'm not sure all if the that's a good analogy, but sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm that kind of author where I'm like, you don't know that you need to understand the grace of God mm-hmm. or why you need to be saved, but I'm going to sprinkle it in there right away. You might be, you know, I've had so many readers say, I picked up your book at Hobby Lobby because it was so beautiful. And then I was like, oh, wait, this stuff is really good. And I go, Mm-hmm. You don't say like yeah. I worked hard at that. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So I'm so, always like hoping to hit at different levels of like, okay, it's beautiful and you need some rest for your eyes to just enjoy God's presence through this book. Mm-hmm. But I hope you go deeper and recognize that you're not alone on the pilgrim journey and that God's character and all these big words that sometimes we get hung up on in our walks with the Lord, that actually they matter. And he's the one that leads you in and through them. Okay. So 
I did not coin this term. I don't remember where I first heard it, but this is what I kind of refer to as it's called sneaky Jesus. And so that's what I do oh my on my, goodness. my podcast is sneaky Jesus. So like, I don't advertise this podcast as like, a you know, Hey, for the listeners, if this is your first time knowing this, you're welcome. I don't advertise this as like a Christian or faith-based podcast, mm. but mm. I bring people in and we have just real conversations and then we don't hide yeah. our faith. And yeah. You know, it just hopefully is a little sneaky Jesus so that by the end of the of a conversation of or end of a podcast episode or something, somebody listening might go, hmm, that's interesting. I'd like to dig a little bit of deep, deeper on that. Um, yeah. And that's I mean, that's one of the things that is a goal with my book that I have coming out um, next year in March is it's it's a memoir. It's my story. But, you know, I told my editor and and when I was writing it and I was like, she was like, well, what, what's your goal for this book? And I said, well, I have a couple people in mind, like, I'm not going to say who they are because maybe they listen to this podcast, but I have a couple people in mind who are like my, I don't like to use the word avatar, but it's the only word I know, like the person that you want to pick up the book and read sure, it, sure. The, your, your ideal sure. reader. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. said, I want them to close the book. I want them to laugh throughout the book. Mm-hmm. I want them to cry. And I want them to feel seen like they see part the parts of themselves and, and, my really jacked up weird story, but I want them to close the book and I want them to go, hmm, maybe I should, I don't know, check Jesus out a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's literally all like, I'm just going to plant the seed. And then somewhere along the way, some Apollos is going to come into their, <laughs> into their bath and water it, you know? And, For sure. um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I, I love that approach. And I love how you're just like, I'm just, you just putting that zucchini or the grated carrots into, <laughs> you know, just a little, a little shredded veggies. And I, well, and in this particular case, I would say in Pilgrim, it's, it's not all that sneaky. It's, no, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. me saying, Hey, I, I think you need to know who God really is. Right. If you're going to know where you're headed right. in your, in your journey and your walk. And so it really is a desire to, go deeper in your walk with the Lord. It's a deeper um, journey than any of the other ones I've written so far. So I'm really grateful to kind of like have a big sister book baby to the other ones. I love it. You know, if Grace Lace was my first baby, you know. Well, I'm curious because you, you mentioned this at the beginning with Grace Laced and, you know, on the, on the personal note, how the season that you were writing Grace Laced in was you were in the winter season. Um, was there a similar thing for you with this book where you kind of started this book on a particular part of your pilgrim journey and ended Mm -hmm. up in a different part? Or is there a part of writing this book that you really learned something about yourself or something about God? I'm curious. You know, this was actually one of the harder books I've ever written. It was difficult for me. Um, It actually took me a lot longer than I expected. And I kept having to rewrite. It was difficult. Mm. And and I think a lot of it is because I was in a season where I couldn't see around the bend. I could not see how the Lord was going to provide for all our unknowns, for all the things that felt like, well, what's going to happen? I'm trying to climb up this mountain. And what if I get to the top and I have no idea, like, if I even want to be there. And, and there's all these questions about the journey ahead. And, and just for a little context, when I started writing this book, we had we were new in our new community that we live in. We haven't always lived here. And so we've only been here for a few years. And I think as an adult, when you go through major life transitions, 
there's a lot of questions when it comes to your church family, your actual friends, friends for your kids, how you're going to run your business, where you're going. Your mid forties to your early fifties is a time where you start saying, Hmm, what is the trajectory of the next 10, 20 years? And if you're listening and you're like, Oh my goodness, I haven't even thought about that yet. I'm younger than that. Just know that if you think you're going through a midlife crisis in your twenties and thirties, well, it's going to happen again in a different way. Every season brings the kind of questions that you can't answer on your own. Right. And so for me, when I started writing Pilgrim and painting it, I think what it forced me to do was to not answer with simplistic answers, mm. to not just say, it's going to all be all right, but to actually say, okay, it is really hard. It's really hard when you don't know where you're going. It's really hard when um, these things rub you the wrong way or when the road is hard and difficult and maybe unknown. And I'm just simplifying some of this, the context, but every one of these devotional writings presents a different scenario in which you might have to assess your life and say, okay, where am I really thinking that my character is what's going to lead me onward? And God calls us to exactly what you're describing in the wilderness, where it's like, you might have thought that this is the path forward, but I'm going to take you through the impossible so that you can see that I know. I am sovereign. I'm good. I'm omniscient. I'm the one who's going to carry you through. And so the book actually is broken um, into the beginning of the journey, the middle of the journey and nearing home. And that's not meant to be like for babies, midlife and the end of your life. It's it's really just a, a metaphor for us thinking through like, what does it feel like in different parts of our journeys? And at the end of the day, ultimately, we're all headed into one destination. And that is to see our savior face to face. And so why not start now recognizing that he's our, he's the one who takes us through. He's the one who makes it possible. And he's also the one who we want to please through Mm. the whole thing. And so it helps us reset and realign, realign our hearts and minds to the truth that this is not your story. It's actually God's story. And that makes all the difference. Oh, Ruth, that's so good. So good. Well, I cannot wait for this book to come out. It releases in September. So everyone that is listening right now, you should just toggle on over to Amazon, Indie Books, wherever you get your books, and you should pre-order it right now because that's absolutely what you should do. And since thank you for airing this this summer, but um, so while you hear this podcast, the pre-order bonuses will still be live. And they're some of my favorite free gifts I've ever created. So one of them is a printable um, hymnal because not everybody has access to a hymnal anymore. So we found 20 that were, you know, the copyright was, was fine for us to print. And so we designed it and used some of the artwork. And so you can print them and spiral bound it or whatever you want to do with it. And then um, there's also an eight by 10 print of the third verse of amazing grace. And then if you're somebody who loves to gift gifts, of my books. If you buy three or more, there's actually a physical, beautiful um, discussion guide and journal that's limited in quantities. It's only for pre-order gifts that will ship to you on top of all the other digital stuff. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. See, if if you didn't already want to pre-order it, well, now that is why you should pre-order it. I hope so. Yeah. I love it. Um, Ruth, this has been such an honor and a joy to have you. Thank you for using your gifts in such a unique way to serve others. Um, you are a faithful steward of God's grace. How can people best connect with you? And is there any kind of final thoughts you want to leave us with? Yeah. Well, thank you for having this conversation. I think just, um, 
you know, I feel like if you're listening in right now and you're like, oh, well, they seem like they're living such a, their best lives. They're both (laughs) writing books. And um, I just want to pause for a quick second and say to the listener that God has you on your journey exactly Mm -hmm. where you are on purpose for a purpose. It doesn't have to look like writing a book, being on a podcast, getting interviewed or speaking on a big stage. You never know what God has in store for you. So be faithful right now, right where you are, because right where you are is exactly what he wants you to, where he wants you to be, to know his full character and know why he's trustworthy. So lean into that, lean into that, because I'm sure Molly would say the same thing that neither of us could have said, Hey, this is where he's taking me. But when you're faithful, right where you are, you make it possible to just be open to however God leads. And so I wanted to say that, but also um, I'm pretty transparent and vulnerable with my everyday journey. And you can find me on Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons. That's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. And um, you can see all my artwork and all the stuff that I'm doing through the business, the membership site, the community, all those things at Grace Laced, both on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, so good. Um, And I love that that was your final thought, because I agree. Uh, If you had told 21-year-old me who wanted to be on Saturday Night Live that this would be where I am right now, (laughs) I think I would probably have laughed at you. No, I would, I would have laughed at you. Not probably. So (laughs) Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thanks for having me. I hope you loved this episode. Please let me know what you liked and let us know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Can I Laugh Pod wherever you get your social medias. And would you head on over to whatever podcast app you are listening on? And would you click that subscribe or follow button? And would you take a moment to leave a review? This really does help me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. I just want to thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show week in and week out. And thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And for you, I hope something this week makes you laugh till you cry. We'll see you next week. Bye.